0: Digging the Rock and Roll Heaven Podcast with LD Will the Thrill and (coughs) TJ2.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host Eldie, along with me for the ride this week. Riding solo is will the thrill?
2: Yes, it's just me tonight.
1: My big brother had some um, newspaper business to attend to, so he will not be joining us for this episode. And uh, we actually had a, a little not not this isn't a hiccup. This is worse than a hiccup because we had so much horrible things that happened this week. So many terrible things that happened this week that we decided that we were going to push Michael one week to actually talk about all the events that happened this week, really focusing on one major event. And I'm sure you guys all will know what we're talking about. This week, we're going to be focusing on Astroworld and Travis Scott and what
2: happened. I think it's irresponsible for us If we didn't cover it. I mean, it's such an unfortunately impactful incident.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where if we didn't talk about this, we would be throwing a blind eye toward what happened. And we certainly don't want to do that as a podcast. So we're just going to... This is not a normal Slap Nuts episode where we're going to have a good time and laugh, but you know this is just giving you our perspective. We're actually going to talk about a couple of events that have happened like this, and so hopefully giving you guys a little bit of perspective as to those that we lost this, this week. So, uh, Actually, let's talk about, first of all, we lost the leader of the Gap Band. Yeah,
2: Ronnie Wilson passed away. That was a really sad one. And that one hit me much harder than I thought. I know a lot of people know the main songs from the Gap Band. I think a lot of people know the Gap Band for, you know, you dropped a bomb on me, that's I think the biggest one. But if you go back and listen to their catalog, there is so much there and their no their albums are numbered. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Yes, they are numeric, but Gap Band 1 is just sort of if you say you are a fan of funk, soul, and you don't list that among your favorite albums, I just flat out don't believe you. It's such a great <laughs> album. And and they are all in sequence. They actually get very good. But they have been recording for years, and Ronnie Wilson passed away. It's a huge loss. It is a massive loss.
1: Yeah, and then we had uh, Maria Mendonça, and she was a Brazilian pop star. And if you've been listening to this, podcast long enough you guys know what my personal nightmare is and us just having finished jim croce she passed away at the age of 26 in a plane crash
2: and her nickname in brazil was actually the queen of sorrow really yes it was yeah
1: absolutely beautiful young so much promise and she was already considered a legend in brazil and so our hearts and our thoughts go out to her family as well
2: yeah, it's really sad.
1: And then uh, Terrence Wilson, aka Astro from the band UB forty, passed away this week and oh God. You know, when if you're growing up in, as a kid in the eighties, you loved UB forty. You you truly love UB forty. And Astro actually passed away in London after a short illness. Was he the lead singer? I don't believe so.
2: Okay. The so little trivia with them is of course UB forty is the code for unemployment benefit in the UK.
1: Yeah. They they were the ones that did Red Road Wine and I can't help falling in love, which by the way, if you do that song, you'll instantly win my affections. That's one of those songs that just anybody does it, they do it great.
2: They also do a great version of I Got You Babe. I don't know if you heard that, but Yes. That's one I did. that they did, yeah.
1: Yes. I loved that one. I loved that. Another one of their band members, which we missed, was Brian Travers, who died of cancer in August at the age of 62. Oh, man. So that's a lot of loss for UB40. Yeah,
2: that's half the band right there.
1: Yeah. Jeez. And um, so we've had Gap Band, um, Marilla, we have uh, Terrence. And then uh, just on the acting front, because I love the show so much, I actually have it on DVD, uh, Dean Stockwell
2: passed away today. You told me that this morning, and I yeah. was very saddened by that one.
1: Yeah, and he he was in Quantum Leap, and I have that on, you know, DVD, and I love watching it. So, unfortunately, he passed away, but he was 85. And so, for all those that we lost this week, guys, our hearts and our thoughts go out to you. And the the big thing that we did want to talk about was um, the music festival Astroworld that happened. And for those who don't know yet, at uh, Astroworld, eight people have been confirmed dead, and today they just had a nine-year-old boy go into a medically induced coma. Oh, jeez! So uh, it's it's a terrible thing. Any anytime this happens, you think how could this have happened? So I'm sure, like our listeners have probably seen footage from Astroworld but I just kind of wanted to fill you guys in on on some of the things
2: and this is something LD that really bothered you I could tell and when you started telling me more and more about it it was the kind of thing that just it gets worse the more you find out the deeper you go the more tragic it becomes oh yeah
1: and what really gets me is that there are already people that are talking conspiracy theories and like crazy things just it's it's horrible (laughs) like yeah yeah, it does it does bother me because there should be things in place since 1979 December 3rd 1979 and we'll get to that date and why it's so important to me but we should have learned from that event
2: and it's crazy how a lot of people will kind of overlook the notion of concert safety because it's kind of thing where no one thinks about it until something bad happens, you know? Yeah. No one thinks about it until there's a, what was it, the, the show in Paris with Ariana Grande where there was a the bombing, right? Yeah. And then the incident you're going to talk about and other things that where we just take it for granted and it's not until it goes way too far and lives or losses, suddenly we stop and go, oh, wait a second. Yeah. You know, it's and it's just stupid. It's it's something that, and, and this will get into the performer as well, which I know you're, you're going to cover, so I'm not going to go too far into this quite yet.
1: Yeah. Well, so just to give you guys a little bit of background on Astro World, the festival was actually launched in the the festival was actually launched in 2018, and that was the same year that Scott released his studio album of the same name. Um, he wanted to bring back a beloved spirit and nostalgia of Astro World, which from what I understand it was kinda like Six Flags.
2: I think it was like Six Flags over Texas. So yeah. like, something to that effect, yeah.
1: Yeah. So The original lineup featured mostly hip-hop artists like Lil Wayne, Young Thug, Post Malone, Metro Bloom, and and Scott himself. And the festival were the source for the 2019 Netflix original film, Uh, Look Mom, I Can Fly. So you guys can go check that out.
3: Hmm.
1: It returned in 2019, again with hip-hop artists, and they, they actually had Marilyn Manson join the lineup.
2: Which so, of these things just doesn't belong a, here? I a,
1: who, who actually performed hard rock? So things I did not expect. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's a Rosalina and Marilyn Manson together. So they they're trying to add different genres to the festival to make it a little bit more open, kind of like Coachella does. You know, they'll have mm. rock acts and then they'll have indie acts and then they'll have hip-hop and and all that stuff so I think he was trying to kind of bring a little bit of flavor to the festival and of course 2020 was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic and so when they brought it back on uh, the tickets went on sale for a two-night festival which was supposed to happen November 5th and November 6th and there was a massive rise in ticket prices. It actually sold out in thirty minutes. Jeez. Yeah. A series of events known as Astro Week was actually held up to the festival, which included a celebrity softball and golf ball events in support of Scott's Cactus Jack Foundation. I believe one of his albums was actually called Cactus Jack. And it was a little bit different than the music he usually does. And I will I will be forthcoming and telling you I don't know Travis Scott's music. It's just not my genre. Of course, I know he is out there in the universe because I heard so much about his McDonald's meal.
2: His McDonald's meal? Yeah. <laughs> he Did actually had, something
1: here? Yeah, he actually had his own meal at McDonald's that you could order. Like a not standard menu item? Yes.
2: I just want to clarify something real quick, and I think our audience needs to understand where I'm coming from. I go to McDonald's maybe twice a year. And only if he has the shamrock shake. Yeah, if they say their shake machine is broken, which is sadly more often than not, I'm out. I don't go. Uh, every once in a while I have to get fries, I have to get a Shamrock Shake. So there could be a lot of things there that are actually on the menu that I'd have no idea. I'm not an authority on the subject is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> fair, fair yeah. enough. It's not just a quarter pounder combo with Sprite. Oh no, it is a unprecedented collaborative partnership across <laughs> food, fashion and community efforts. Sounds
2: a little heavy-handed, but please continue. I just want a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. You go to McDonald's for one thing. You just need to eat something. There's no, yeah, I don't think there's a collaboration involved.
1: Okay, hang on. I think it is a quarter pounder with lettuce, pickles, onions, ketchup, mustard, cheese,
2: and bacon. Sounds like the Arch Deluxe that we were just (laughs) talking about, remember?
1: Um, There's also a medium fries with a side of barbecue dipping sauce and a medium Sprite.
2: So if you walked in and you wanted to order this, would you say the Travis Scott and they'd know what you're talking about?
1: I guess so. Kind of like animal style at In and Out.
2: Yeah, but In and Out's got a whole in-depth like hidden menu, which is really not that hidden from what I understand. Well, again, don't go there very often either.
1: Well the line's too long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, got nine to, hours. I've got a life to live. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get go out of the
2: car dealership and we're sitting there. <laughs> um
1: so he he actually had a week long event that happened which actually Helped his foundation. So it was a big charitable event. So it was dedicated to his grandmother. And Astro Week was to conclude on November 8th with a drive in screening at the Moonstruck Drive In Cinema of the film Red Rocket featuring Scott appearances by the film's writer Sean Baker and its cast. And of course, everything was canceled mm-hmm. after what happened. And so you guys might be asking what actually did happen. Well, it was a crowd surge. If you guys don't know what a crowd surge is, it's basically it starts at the back and people get shoved to the front.
2: So and I Oh, sorry. I know we're going to talk about, you know, that within the context of concerts, but it exists in other places too, correct? It could happen anywhere. Right.
1: It could happen during protest, it could happen at restaurants. It could happen anywhere a surge or crush can happen anywhere there are large groupings of people right and we're going to actually talk about two other ones that happened to that but basically what happened was it started from the back and pushed people forward the the biggest mistake i think people are noting is that there was a countdown on the big screen behind where travis scott was supposed to appear and so as that happened It went four, three, two. The crowd just, you hear them getting super, super excited, and all of a sudden it hits the one, and there's just mayhem. Mm -hmm. But let's rock it back because this isn't absolutely where it starts. Number one, I don't have it written down, but Travis Scott, this is not Travis Scott's first brush with riling up the crowd. He has done this before. He actually went to, uh, I was trying to find the, the thing, but he actually pled guilty in 2015 for inciting riots. And he does things like tells people to fight security, stops a, a concert so people can beat up other people. All this is online. And it's really disturbing to see that this is not like the first thing. This is not new behavior from Travis. Travis. And so what I might try to do is, if I can, maybe insert a clip from Philip DeFranco, who actually uh, did a rundown, a really good rundown of things that have happened in the past. Because uh, Philip DeFranco is one of those people that I just trust with my news.
2: So So um, I think what we're trying to say is he had a track record of these incidents happening at at his shows.
1: and, And allowing them to happen and not only just allowing it, but actually encouraging it. Got it. Because earlier in the day... People had not only jumped fences, but they straight up knocked over the metal detectors.
2: Yeah, there was a clip that, I don't know where you found it, but it was people just running straight through the gate.
1: Oh, yeah, and there's a cop yeah. on a horse, and they're just running straight at it. That's and scary. so, And and Travis Scott on his Instagram, I believe, or Twitter posted, Yo, we still wiling out while we letting the wild ones in. And so he's right there encouraging people who have already, like, gate crashed, come on in. It's totally fine. I, I it, This makes me so angry.
2: So it sounds like they were doing very little to control the number of attendees. Yeah. If, if anything, it sounds to me like it got quite out of control.
1: Yeah. So before the show, a video from CNN, their affiliate, KPRC, showed numerous people rushing through the gates at a VIP entrance at the show, knocking over metal detectors and ignoring security staff. The video showed some people helping a few others up. Houston Fire Chief Sam Pena told CNN, we didn't know what caused the rush either. We did know that people had jumped the fence, said at least one person injured in that rush, said Pena. So people were actually in that rush to break down those gates. People were injured already. We had that. We'll go through a little bit of a timeline. But basically, because of how many tickets they sold, how many people rushed the gates, how many people broke in. It got tighter and tighter to the point where even before it started, it was hard for people to breathe. So I'm going to go through a timeline of what happened. Just after 9 p.m., Scott took the stage and his set began. The crowd surged forward, according to one concert goer. When Travis came out to perform his first song... I witnessed people passing out to me, T.K. tells, says Sierra Sierra, Sierra, who went to the festival to celebrate her birthday. She saw multiple people who could not breathe just after Scott appeared on stage. I truly thought that I would fall. If I fell, that would be the end of me. I spent 50 minutes just getting around due to the mosh pit or simply because people were raging, Sierra said. At 930, officials first received reports of people falling injured in the crowd, according to Pena. He said that they were uh, requesting additional resources onto the scene. So this is just half hour into the show? Half hour into the show. Wow. At a press conference, Fenner said that our people stepped up and immediately went to the producers and told them, hey, people are going down. Now, I don't know about you, but that that (laughs) there was a girl who wrote a post on Instagram, which crushed me. I'm going to read that Instagram post because it is horrific. And it seemed like, you know, at this point, people were starting to yell, stop the show. There, If you could climb onto something, people were trying to climb onto it. And there is a, a, a video of a girl, and I believe it's the same girl who wrote the Instagram post, where she jumped over a fence, crawled up to a camera guy and screamed, people are dying down there. And she's trying to get his attention and he is just ignoring her
3: wow. and that
1: th- that'll enrage you. So at 938 p.m a mass casualty event was officially declared. from the first time that mass casualty of, is an incident was declared, To the first unit on the scene, it was two minutes when we began to make patient contact, he said. Witnesses described calling out for help but unable to be heard over the music. Now, you'll see a ton. There are so, so many video clips out there of people yelling, you know, stop the show, stop the show. There is one that's so chilling and it's just someone screaming, help me, we need help, help me. And it's it it's one that like hits your soul. There are people that are when there's a pause, they're screaming out medic. And the whole time Travis is doing nothing. So they
3: <sighs>
1: so they have the mass casualty event and Travis would have a short time between songs and people would scream out their vocal cords and they were praying that someone could hear them. They did not. Wow. Yeah. I've never seen someone die in front of my eyes. It was horrific, and that's a quote from Tells, the girl who—it was her birthday.
2: Is that the one who did the Instagram post, or is that— uh, No, uh, it's
1: TK Tells. TK it's not post. the It's not the same person who did in okay. the Instagram post. Uh, I will read that in just a second. Scott maintains that he has no idea about the severity of what happened in the crowd as he continued to, to do his set telling fans in an Instagram video Saturday night that he was devastated by what happened. Anytime I could make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I just stop my show, you know, and help them and get the help they need, Scott says in the video. Footage from the concert was also live streamed via Apple. And it shows him pausing his performance and looking on in apparent confusion as an ambulance pulls into the crowd. And at some point, he actually points out that there's a guy in a tree, and he what? does point out that somebody passed out. And he's like, hey, I think someone's passed out over here. And then he continues his show.
2: How do you, the thing is, the ambulance is what gets me. How do you miss that? So it's...
1: even his girlfriend, Kylie, was like, we didn't know what was going on. And she was like, she posted in her Instagram video. And you can see the, the, the lights from the ambulance in her Instagram video. Mm. She posted that.
2: So I, I just, I can't, I can't. I don't understand. Yeah, it it sort of violates a, I guess we'll call it unspoken rule. Let let me explain. We all know the performance from Live Aid, the iconic queen performance. Mm -hmm. And you see the audience doing everything Freddie says. Everything. You know, the whole vocal. The point I'm illustrating here is that when you have that sort of presence and you have that control, first of all, that's a little scary. But second of all, you have an implied social contract with the people at that concert that you are there to entertain them and keep them safe. And it sounds like that contract was violated. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So I'm going to read
1: verbatim this Instagram post, and it's by someone named Sienna Faith. And this was the kind of thing where I would have loved to have gotten it from the horse's mouth. But. She, I I, I never want to approach anyone and say, hey, can you please explain your trauma from like less than a week ago?
2: Or period. I mean, it's just, you know, how would you?
1: Yeah. That's why I'm not the reporter in the family. (laughs) That's why Travis is. So I'm going to read this, guys, verbatim. Today is November 5th, 2021. It's a Friday. Who I am in the story is not important. Rather, it's important the things that I have now witnessed. Astroworld, Houston, Texas. Travis Scott is the only one performing. I don't know how many people were at this festival, but I do know that every single person was at that stage. My friend and I wanted to be as close as possible, as close as we could possibly get. We were not able to get very close, but we did end up on the side near the, wa- the walkway in the middle. Surrounding us was chest-high metal gate barriers. We stood there for two hours, as did every other person. Every gap was filled. Where your feet were placed was where you stayed. Energy rose as the time near beginning the show. Within the first 30 seconds of the first song, people began to drown (sighs) in other people. There were so many people, tall, men, women. Women and men were the only things they could see. It was the back of the person that was in front of you. The rush of people became tighter and tighter. Breathing became something only a few were capable of. The rest were crushed or unable to breathe in the thick Hot air. My friend began to gas to breathe and she told me that we need to get out. We tried. There was nowhere to go. The shove got harder and harder. If someone's arms had been up, it was no longer a possibility to put them down. So people began to choke as the mass swayed. It became more and more violent. We began to scream for help. We could see security. Just a few people over in the walkway in the middle. It got tighter. Impossible to breathe. As our lungs compressed between the bodies of those surrounding us more people began to scream for help the music continued hundreds of people ripped their vocal cords apart screaming for help but they were not heard there was nowhere to go my friend was trapped between people on either other side of her and she was desperate to move toward the rails it was no use the screaming intensified as more and more people realized they could not breathe we begged security to help us for the performers to see us and to know something was wrong none of that came We Mm -hmm. continued to drown more and more. One person fell or collapsed. It doesn't matter how it started. Once one fell, a hole opened in the ground. It was like a Jenga tower toppling. Person after person were sucked down. You could not guess which direction the shove of hundreds of people would come next. You were at the mercy of the wave. I watched my friend be dragged away from me and lost sight of her and I began to realize at the moment that there is a way to die that not many people know about and that's being trampled to death I saw the terror in every other eye I met that even the ones that told me to breathe and stay calm we knew there was a big chance that some of us would not make it out alive I was pushed away from the rail into the crowd of people where I could hear from another direction the shrieks like animals it was happening all around me sinkholes of people I was moved back toward the sinkhole. I stared at it and was pushed to the edge of it. I sunk my feet into the ground, put my arms out, and tried to stop anyone from entering the circle or pushing those already in. I was shoved further into the ground, my face down at the cold, hard plastic below us, and I saw the body of a man, his face below mine. The people below were the ones I could see. From above, there was a, a wave of bodies of men and women, below layers of fallen people above them. I began to shriek. I felt a primal tear rip through me, and I'm not sure anyone understood the magnitude of the situation below. I screamed that there were people on the floor. There were people, unconscious, being trampled by every foot that slammed into the ground as each individual tried to keep themselves upright. God, there's
2: so much terror in this. It's a claustrophobic nightmare. It really is. It's just that idea that you can't even... Breathe, and this realization hits her that some people are going to die. That's yeah. a really scary moment.
1: Yeah. I was shoved to the side, and I saw more shoes slammed to the ground exactly in the spot where his body lay, face up. I asked a man to grab me. He pulled me up, and I righted myself for just a fraction of a second before I sucked back into the crowd. I could not take what I saw. I had to get out. I had to get help. I had to do something somehow. I went toward the back of the crowd at the guardrail. A man pulled me over it. There were so many people just standing there like nothing's happening. Like there weren't people that were dead just a few feet away from them. I saw a cameraman. Eyes glued to the stage, elevated on a platform. A platform that looked directly into the crowd. I climbed the ladder and pointed into the hole, telling him that people were dying. He told me to get off the platform and continue to film. I'm screaming and screaming and screaming, and he didn't even look in the direction. So I pushed the camera, so I pointed it toward where I had just come from, and he became angry, and he called someone else up. I told him the same thing. I said, people are dying. We need to stop the music. We need to get help. We need attention toward the masses because I don't know if people are aware. Maybe they do something. Another man grabbed my arm and told me that he'd push me off the 15-foot platform with no signs if I didn't get down. Wow. I told him to help. I said, people are dying. I showed him where. and He wouldn't even look in the direction either. I was in disbelief. Here were two people that could actually do something, that had the power to do something, cut the camera, call back up, pause something. They did nothing. I looked over at the sinkhole. People were screaming. I reached, uh, reaching out, their hands toward me calling for help. I couldn't see the floor. And the strangest thing happened in that moment. People began to boo at me. They pointed their fury at me, and unleashing a rage. I screamed, people are dying over and over, and no one would listen. Somehow I ended up on the ladder, going back down, mindlessly. I should have ripped that camera to shreds. I should have looked at the other guard in the eyes and said that he would be responsible for all the countless deaths. He did nothing. I went on that platform, and I called 911, and the only thing that they said that they were sending over a medical team. I told the operator over and over they need to stop the concert because we needed a pause. We needed the light. We needed awareness of the deaths. Nothing. A kid watched me under the platform, watched me break down in tears, explaining that I saw people crushed and stomped on, unconscious. He went over to the operator and said nothing that was of use to me. He, I went out, not sure what to do. Suddenly, two men in red medical shirts, looking confused and lost, bumped into me. I explained everything. They told me that they had they had gone and gone in and saw nothing. Two girls were in the pit with me, standing beside me, I heard them and helped explained it was there. We led them to it. They climbed in the metal gates through the people. They were the only ones that were brave that night. I have endless respect for those two men. We waited, the two girls and I, watching people being thrown over the railing, people trying to escape the cage that they had been in. There is somebody dead. Stop the show stop the show stop the show and the astroworld show continued so you can actually see a a video of her on that like screaming and people are actually booing
2: wow her and, and i want to hear from some uh, concert professionals from this people who have done you know security and organize these large venues of what protocol is in place there's going to be something you know that there has to be you would think. Yeah. There's got to be a worst-case scenario or some kind of plan where there's a— and I don't I don't know what it is. That's why I'm sort of asking out to our listeners here. I do have a, a close friend of mine whose uncle was actually a security guard at Madison Square Garden for a number of years, and that just made me think of it as maybe there's something that we don't know or, again, it's hard to say, did they follow the rules, did they not, because I don't know what the rules are.
1: And then there was something really weird that happened— which the chief of police, I think, came out with a press conference and said that somebody had been running around sticking people with needles. Oh, that was so weird. And had started to go into cardiac arrest. I don't know if this is the same thing. I don't know. This is so everything that you find out is stacking one thing on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. And every single turn it gets weirder. And we can't
2: overlooked the fact that eight people are dead it's eight right
1: yeah eight people are dead and then a nine-year-old boy is now in a medically Jeez. induced coma so you know it's it's it incredibly tragic absolutely and i'm going to now say the names of everyone who passed if i get a last name wrong i'm i'm truly sorry but we have Franco Patino, 21, Axel Acosta, 21, Jacob Jernick, 20, Brianna Rodriguez, just 16, we have Danish Baig, who's 27, Rodolfo Pena, 23, Madison Dubiski, Dubisky. I'm sorry again, she's 23, and then we have John Hilgert, and he was only
2: 14 so you got 14 to 27. Yeah. All the people the oldest was 27. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: And Unbelievable. I believe Edgar Acosta said that his son traveled from Washington to see Travis Scott take the stage. Wow. And then Danish actually was killed in the crowd rush trying to save his fiance and Jesus that I can I can't even imagine. <sighs>
2: what that that would be like that's insane yeah it's it's beyond measure i can't i can't yeah and again it's the idea that the last thing any of these people thought about before they got on the plane to go to the show or get in their car was be like you know what i could die tonight it's the furthest thing from their minds
1: absolutely you're like i'm gonna have a great time tonight i'm gonna see Mm -hmm. one of my favorite singers it's gonna be awesome and just so you guys know there is a gofundme for one of the victims and i'll try to post that in the show notes and I believe that it was for the the 16-year-old Brianna mm. who passed away. And so as soon as I find that uh, in the show notes, that's going to be player. So if you feel like uh, you can give at this time, uh, you might be able to help a family out. And so, you know, at the end, we're not going to give our socials at the end of this. But if you look in the show notes, there should be a link to her family's GoFundMe page if you if you feel like you can help out. Uh, that being said, this is not the first thing that has happened like this. This is not the first crush in music history. This is not something that is new or is, is anything that hasn't happened before. In fact, one of the craziest events actually happened on December 3rd in 1979, and it was a Who concert. Mm-hmm. And they were in the middle of a massive tour, which was between the Capitol Theater in Passaic, New Jersey, Madison Square Garden, and they decided to take some time off, and they resumed their tour at the Detroit Masonic Temple, (laughs) and then the Cincinnati concert was the third show played in this portion of the tour, and the concert sold out. 18,348 tickets
2: were sold. I mean, the Who was it? Probably the height of their popularity. This at that is point. massive. Yeah.
1: This is massive, and this isn't like it sold out. I think in a matter of hours, which meant people actually went to the ticket booth because there wasn't internet back no, then. We Ticketmaster. You had to go stand in line at for like ticket tell and physically buy your ticket. And I think I saw somewhere that the ticket was ten dollars in nineteen seventy nine. Yes, yes. So a couple things happened, and it was like seconds from disaster. Which was that it had festival seating, which was the biggest thing. So I think maybe it was just ten dollars to get in in nineteen seventy nine but it was it was festival seating, not stadium seating. So mm-hmm. you didn't have an assigned ticket, so it was basically you know the doors open and you took off running to get as close as you could
2: so it's it was about it's just under forty bucks today. Okay, yeah, just that's 40. a reasonable cost. Yeah, it's a concert ticket, I would say. Not now, but... So, people
1: were originally told through a radio station that general admission ticket holders would be admitted at 3 o'clock. Uh-huh. So, people started lining up at, like, 1 o'clock so that they could get the best seats. So, by 5 p.m., there was a big line. There was a massive group of people. And so, what they thought was going to happen was they were going to let people in, and then they would get to watch a movie. hmm And that would kind of be like the quote-unquote opening act. But between the radio station telling people that they could get there early, the fact that it was freezing because it's Chicago, Wait, Cincinnati. No, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Either way, it's Cincinnati, it's in Cincinnati December. In, yeah. in December, so it was freezing, and the fact that the band was late, so they actually wanted to scooch in one more sound check.
3: Hmm.
1: So they started knocking on the doors, and they were locked. At about 7.15, the situation started escalating. Conflicting reports suggest that concert goers could either hear a very late sound check or Quadrophenia, the movie, in lieu of an opening act. Either way, the crowd assumed that The Who were on earlier than scheduled. Mm. At that point, the entire crowd surged forward toward the two doors that were opened. This caused the rush and the crush. This is how so many people got trampled. 11 people were unable to escape the dense crowd pushing forward and died by asphyxiation. (sighs) 26 other people reported injuries. Oh, my God. Here's the crazy thing. The concert went on as planned. This is
2: all just to get in, right?
1: Yeah, this is just to get into the show. And so The Who actually wasn't told until the end that anything had
2: happened. So they had no idea.
1: Yeah, Basically what happened was they came off they, they performed the show as pot, like as, as usual and then walked off and I think their manager told them, Hey, make your encore as short as possible. And they're like, Why? And he's like, I'll tell you later, something bad's happened. Oh, so the following night, after a lengthy segment on the tragedy aired on CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite examining the violence at rock concerts, the following show in Buffalo the next night, Roger Daltrey told the crowd we lost a lot of family last night, and this show is for them. Wow. In Providence, Rhode Island, Mayor Vincent A. Sikansi, I do not know that name, I'm sorry, <laughs> canceled a scheduled performance of The Who at the Civic Center that same month. This was despite the fact that they actually had assigned seating. Now, here's something really cool about The Who. If you had tickets to that show in Providence, Rhode Island, Thirty-three years later, the band returned and honored those tickets.
2: Wow! I don't
1: know how they <laughs>
2: figured it, out. If, they just went to the venue and.
1: <laughs> if you still had your ticket, I guess I don't know. Like you deserve I, to go at that point. Oh yeah, you do. Hung on so, that for thirty years. Um, the families of the victims sued the band and the concert promoter, Electric Factory Concerts, and the city of Cincinnati. There's a class action lawsuit filed on behalf of ten of the families that was set, that was settled in 1983, awarding each of the families of the deceased. About $150,000, which is about $389,800 today. And the family of Peter Bose opted out of the class action and settled later for an undisclosed amount.
3: Hmm.
1: Cincinnati also imposed a ban on unassigned festival seating on that same year, with a few minor exceptions over the next 25 years. The 11 people, including six teenagers with the average age of 19, who died in the crush were Walter Adams Jr., age 22, Peter Bowes, age 18, Connie Sue Burns, age 21, Jacqueline Ureckley, age 15, David Heck, age 19, Tiva Ray Ladd, age 27, Karen Morris, age 15, S- uh, Stephen Preston, age 19, Philip Snyder, age age 20, Brian Wagner, age 17, and James Warmouth, age 21.
2: Again, all young ones.
1: Yep. The incident was actually a subject of a book called The Kids Are Alright, The Rock Generation, and Its Hidden Death Wish. And, uh, you know, the TV show WKRP in Cincinnati?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they, they had an episode in their second season called In Concert, which also inspired scenes in the film Pink Floyd's The Wall, whose 1982 premiere was attended by the Who's Pete Townsend. Oh, wow. So... KRP in Cincinnati did an episode based on those events, which they should have because it's also in Cincinnati.
2: And I think there's also another part of it too that you, I think you brought up when you were researching this that they had trouble like getting enough ticket takers and there were more there was supposed to be more doors, but they were only able to have two. There's something to that effect.
1: Yeah, it, they didn't want to open up the doors until after the sound check, but because of the sound check, they heard that, and they thought, we're missing something, and so that's, that's what happened. The surge went forward. As far as the ticket takers, I'm not really sure about the number of ticket takers they had, but... You know it's again, it's communication is so, so important. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, and that's why I'm wondering with the whole you know with the incident Astro world is communications, I can only guess has gotten better, you know, the technology and whatnot that it's easier to pinpoint someone say on one side of the stadium to the other. So uh, I'm not excusing what happened in 1979. what I'm saying is that there's got to be measures in place. I just I want to hear what they are what what is what does security do? you know, what do the concert promoters do? Because, like you said, the families were suing people. Who's actually to blame for this? Yeah. At
1: some point, there is a crossbreeding of The Who and Pearl Jam. Interesting. Because in 2014, Pearl Jam played in the city and acknowledged the tragedy. And they dedicated a cover of The Who's The Real Me to those who died.
2: Hmm.
1: Now, Pearl Jam had experienced a similar tragedy in 2000, where nine people died in a crush during a concert in Roskild, at the Roskilde Festival. I think I'm saying that right. This is just a whole episode of things I cannot <laughs> pronounce. It is R-O-S-K-I-L-D-E. Roskilde?
2: Roskilde? Roskilde? I... Does say what state? I, I think it's, a,
1: it's not a state. Okay. I think it's a country. Oh, it's a country. Okay. I think it's in a different country. Okay. And that was also a festival. On the eve of the 35th anniversary of the tragedy, Cincinnati Mayor John Cranley promised to have a historical marker on the site of the tragedy in 2015. And... They, they it is up now. There is there is a, a marker now.
2: And didn't this incident lead to the eventual elimination of stadium seating? Uh, not stadium, uh, festival seating, like all together.
1: Not really, because there's there's still festival seating. I mean, we we even had festival seating at the U two concert that we went to. Was that festival seating? That was festival seating. Oh, okay, got it was it. GA. It's GA. It's like okay. floor seating. I think it's just it's got a different name. Okay, got it. There's no chairs. That's what festival seating is. It's Mm. just stand where you can. And that was the
2: Rose Bowl, and there were a lot of people there.
1: And funny enough, the only other time that I did that was for the Who concert. (laughs) Was that Old Cella? Yeah, that's when that's we went right. To, it's called, I think it's actually trip. called it's the Desert Trip, but everyone called it Old Cella. Yeah, uh, and we and we went to the Who concert and mm-hmm. had festival seating. So uh it's it really odd. It was and the I think Who it was,
2: Dylan the Stones, Roger Waters and Paul McCartney. And Paul McCartney, yeah. Got nickname Old And then cello.
1: Wait, was there also like Ted Nugent?
2: He could have been there. I don't know. We right. didn't see him though. We didn't see him.
1: But, yeah, so it was just kind of weird that we had that tie-in. But um, I mentioned Pearl Jam before that they had actually dealt with something very similar when they did the Orange Stage on the 30th of June, 2000, and a crush occurred where nine people died, 26 people were injured, three of them seriously, the dead, all men were... And, and here's the thing. I tried so hard to actually find the names so we could honor them and... I cannot find the names anywhere. So Program
2: so, had two incidences.
1: No, they had one. Oh, it was just the one. They just okay. had one in 2000. Okay. But th- the way that they're listed was the men who died were a 26-year-old German, a 23-year-old Dutchman, a 24-year-old Australian who died a few days later in the hospital, three Swedes, two aged 22 and one twenty, and three Danes, two aged 17 and one twenty-two. Wow. So nine people altogether passed in that one. And that one started super late. The concert started really late. It started at like, what is it? 2,200. What does that equal? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock? Yeah. So yeah, th- that was late. It started at 10. About a half hour after concert began, many people fell down at one place, primarily due to a series of wave-like motions in the audience, which were a result of people trying to push closer to the stage. Oh, wow. When they did not immediately get up Others were pushed over them, and the crowd surfers fell into this hole. So, remember crowd surfing?
2: Yeah, I, I actually did crowd surf a number I, of times. You might
1: have crowd surfed once.
2: I've done it several That's, times at I've, several concerts.
1: Everybody knows that I'm a tiny weakling and I am afraid. And I always, I can't, I have trust issues. So
2: <laughs> I think there's a time and a place for it. And the time and place for me is long gone. Oh, yeah.
1: That time and place was like Myrtle Beach in in 1999. Uh, oh, the we dirty are, Myrtle.
2: We are done here. Yes. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I do remember crowd surfing. Yeah.
1: Well, the band. The band, at this point, actually figured out something. But, you know, a lot of reports were saying, like, the ground was slippery because it had rained earlier. And most of the people found were not far from the stage. But initially, they weren't easily seen. And they were out of reach for the security guards because of the dense crowd. And so some of the concert goers that were lifted over the barrier and the stage told security about the seriousness of the situation for the back At this point, security told the band, and the band stopped the music and held everybody up and told the crowd to step back. Hmm. And I quote, what will happen in the next five minutes has nothing to do with music, but it's important. Imagine that I'm your friend and that you must step back as not to hurt me. You all have friends up front. I will now count to three, and you will all take three steps back. All who agree, say yes now. And a big cheer and a few seconds of the moment for the crowd. He said, step back. You could really see the crowd moving back, said Manfred Tara, a German correspondent for the U.S. concert uh, magazine poll star who was in the audience. It looked like it really moved a couple of feet back. Hmm. And this had an effect, but it took several minutes before it was possible to get all of the victims. The victims were taken to an adjacent medical tent where they were treated by nurses and doctors, but for some, it was already too late. The victims needed further medical treatment were subsequently transferred by ambulance to the hospital, which was about a mile away from the concert site. And none of the people who died were under the influence of any drugs or alcohol. In the area where the main fall happened, several women had to be helped out earlier because they were nervous about being pushing uh, you know, the like mosh pits and the, the size of the crowd, the crowd surfers. But women were moved out of the way. Mm. And because of the large, the large size of the concert, some concertgoers only realized how serious it was after they had left the venue. Oh, wow. Yeah. So since this happened, there has not been another incident at Roskilde, And it's generally considered a very safe festival now. Okay. Um, as far as Pearl Jam goes, Pearl Jam song... Love Boat Captain references the tragedy with the line "Lost nine friends will never know." Two years ago today, now when they perform that in concert, lead singer Eddie Vedder actually modifies the lyrics to reflect the passage of time since the tragedy. Before the opening of the twenty uh, the two thousand and one festival, a memorial to those killed in two thousand contained a stone with the inscription "How fragile we are," uh. a quote from the Sting song fragile. Fragile, yep. Surrounded by nine trees that have been made. So that is their memorial. At the official opening of the 2010 festival, the 10th anniversary, Patty Smith held a short pre-concert ceremony and she chose to open the tribute with accompanying music from Mozart. Her lead guitarist Lenny Cray, read out the nine men's names while Smith threw nine roses into the crowd. Wow. So that's just two other uh, kind of experiences that people have had with the same kind of crush Mm -hmm. now there are other events such as the uh station nightclub
2: that was great white
1: great white yeah and let me tell you i was in new york when that happened and i could not move my body Hmm. from watching the footage
2: the footage is really scary
1: the footage is terrifying and i've seen documentaries about it and it, it never gets easier.
2: And that's one where the band goes out the back, right? Well, no.
3: He went back <laughs> for his guitar? Well, Is he, that, he died. Yeah. He, ended yeah, dying, he, yeah. he ended up dying. He ended
1: up dying because he was like, I gotta go back and get my guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will eventually cover that. But I just, I wanted to hop on here and just say how sorry I am to every victim of this tragedy. And there's not just one person to blame. There's not. And I'm not going to point a finger at someone. I can tell you that I am angry at Travis Scott for his past behavior and encouraging things like that. And, you know, if you don't share that same opinion, I respect that, but that's that's my opinion. And as it stands right now, there are at least 18 lawsuits that have reportedly been filed against Travis Scott and the organizers of Astro World, And the fact that he kept playing 30 minutes after the police declared a mass casualty event. And there's no real easy way to end this episode. Do you
2: have anything you want to add? Well, there's one thing I do have to correct, and I had brought up the Ariana Grande concert that I originally said was Paris. It was actually in Manchester, so... I had the wrong location there, but I still go back to the idea that it is a two-way street and that, you know, you are responsible for the people. Now, are you yourself responsible? You know, perhaps it's not your job to police the area, but you can have security. You can have measures in place. And that's why I'd want to hear some from people who actually know this industry, you know, what is in place? What things do you follow? What things do you do? What things do you not do? Because it just sounds like such a preventable tragedy. It really does.
1: You know, and I wish that we had more of a concrete timeline than just these big blocks of time. But there are so, there are people that are putting together uh, video clips side by side of Travis Scott's performance and what's happening on the ground. So I know in the next couple of days we'll get a little bit more of a clear picture, but know that this is, we are. What, Friday to Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We are four days from this event happening.
2: Yeah, it's really fresh.
1: It's very fresh. It's very new. We don't have all the answers. And just please note that this is literally a snapshot in time. We don't have all the answers for this yet. And we know that as sad as it is, it's probably going to happen again. And it could happen at any event. You don't know. It's I guess the best thing to say is guys just please be safe and realize that if you just buy some binoculars, maybe you can just stand back and avoid that big crowd. (laughs) Like that's that for me. I'm five foot two. Mm. That it's honestly terrifying for me. I went to a an Eminem concert and it was at the House of Blues and you know the House of Blues doesn't have any seating, Mm -hmm. and so I got there pretty early so I was like maybe in the second line of people and. I'm not joking. There was a surge. Yeah. There was, there was a, you could feel yourself getting shoved forward. And I actually kind of wormed my way out. No one got hurt. No one, no one was killed at this event. But I did worm my way out of the crowd because the crush was so heavy on me. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm like 95 pounds at this point, And I'm 5'2". Mm-hmm. I, I would be crushed.
2: Yeah, you could be. And, Scary.
1: and so I, I literally just kind of wormed my way out and then went up into the balcony where there were less people.
2: Yeah. And I've been on the floor for some some rougher shows, you know, back when I was in high school I went to a lot of metal bands and I remember White Zombie. That was a particularly rough, but I will say, and this is probably the ignorance of my youth, I never felt like I was in danger. You know? I never felt that sort of impending feeling that this could be it, you know. And I, I that to me is very scary, just this idea that you can be at a show and suddenly Crowd starts moving, you can't control it, you don't know what's going to happen. That's really terrifying.
1: And there are other things to be completely terrified about, mm-hmm. like what happened in Vegas. The shooting? Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, the Great White tragedy, that's another one. There's there's a lot of these out there that are unfortunately tied to these concerts where people go with just the intention of having a good time, and that's the end of it. Yeah. And they never would imagine.
1: Yeah, and it's scary. You know, the, the thing with Great White was it was pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. Had they not done the pyrotechnics, they wouldn't have had an issue. Yeah, it, Vegas was a shooter. You can't you can't stop a crazy person who literally knocked out a window of the MGM. Yeah, or was it Mandalay Bay?
2: Uh, it was Mandalay Bay because they were overlooking that that concert field in Mandalay Bay. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know it's it's one of those things. And I, like I said, I don't have a, a great way to end this episode. I'm, I just to pose the question to you guys: Can arenas be made safer? Like, what steps are we not taking? To keep people safe I look at it like if perhaps certain events hadn't happened before with this performer and other people like breaking into the arena you know you had people there that didn't hold tickets so you were over capacity at that point Mm. you know I, I do you guys think that there is a way that we can make things safer is there a
2: way that we can have fun and not worry about that I don't know I don't know and then you see all these other clips. I think you showed me the one from Adele and Avenge Sevenfold, and there's one of the Foo Fighters out there where they actually stop a show and they say, okay, something's going on there. Oh, yeah, Billy you know. Cho
1: Armstrong's done it a ton of times yeah, before. Green Day. Mm-hmm. Green Day. has done it. Adele has done it. Uh, y- yeah, if you see a man, pick him up. That's yeah. that's the takeaway. If you see someone fall, pick him up. Take care of each other. Take care of each other. Yeah, Be good. and I think that's a good way to end the show. So, um, like I said, I'm not going to give out our socials this time guys um but if you want to reach out to us we are on facebook you can just look up rock and roll heaven pod but please check the show notes if you care to help donate to the funeral fund for brianna and um other than that guys please take care of each other we love you guys so so much and we will see you next week when i start our epic journey of michael jackson's life and times so with that guys um i will say good night will would you like to say good night
2: i will say the same take care of yourself take care of the person next to you and i think that will make the world a better place so mm-hmm. keep, take this and and again hearts go out to the families of the eight people that passed away at astral world and
1: we're praying for the the full recovery of the nine-year-old boy and i believe his name is ezra so you know on that note we love you guys and have a great week
4: comes